Hello everyone, and welcome to This Nintendo Life, episode 208! My name is NBZ, and uh, I'm lucky uh, to be joined by someone else on this show, (laughs) given the way that last couple of days have gone for uh, one Bally over here, but um, I am joined by Bally, who is uh, recovering, let's say, from um, some some bad stuff going on. How are you feeling, Bally? I'm I'm feeling better. Uh, Yeah, stomach issues uh, yes let's just shall we just call it bowel let's movements just, that's the, yeah just yeah, bowel that's, movements that's uh, the, the thing um but let, let's just say that what you what you told me i would not commit to a recording and put out on a podcast feed basically is, yes is the situation yeah. you were in so yeah uh, it's yeah. it was bad but i i am through definitely the worst and i'm feeling much better so yeah I'm, that's good to hear i'm, I'm good to go fantastic all good times um so yeah we're here uh, and uh, we're feeling uh, ready to d- just unload our bowels of video <laughs> games because there are so many there are of so them. many games um and and yeah we'll be talking about that stuff but at the top of the show i want to shout out that we are doing another backlog club um and uh, if you didn't notice there was a little mini pod that went up in the feed um last week that was kind of saying hey we don't have long before the end of the year and we're gonna have game of the year stuff coming soon and we kind of only have one more show coming up in order to talk about this and we we kind of want to give people a heads up on the show before that to say what we're playing which meant we had to do the vote early um so we did do a vote uh, thanks to our patrons who voted in uh, our mini backlog club poll and the choices were this is for a kind of a genesis poll basically so games mm. on the switch online uh, from the genesis uh, selection and our choices were shinobi 3 um strider and rice star all very short games they're all a couple of hours long so we wanted to make something that was easy short easy to get through so that everyone could participate and uh, only given a couple of weeks should be able to play through and the winner bally by a slim margin uh, was rice star um which our patrons had selected and uh i find the funny thing about this is that shinobi 3 got zero votes and uh, that's the game uh, i was looking at a nintendo life article of the highest rated they were basically ranking all the games on the genesis online service and shinobi 3 was the one that was ranked the highest and no one <laughs> for it so um but rice star what are you saying about our listeners <laughs> no yeah just they have no taste whatsoever i'm just going to say that uh rice star i think probably fits the most given it's a mascot platformer uh that sega created from that era uh, i'm really interested in checking it out so we're going to be playing rice star um it as i mentioned is on the switch online service you can also probably find it on the genesis collection that sega have done in the past it's um you know it's available out there you can play it but yeah we've got two weeks and it's only a couple of hours long um we're going to do yeah um uh, kind of probably a bit of a trunk backlog club on it seeing as probably not a huge amount to talk about with it but i would like to kind of talk about its history and all that stuff and um so yeah check it out uh play along and uh, obviously give us some feedback on it in our discord where you can go to the backlog club thread and post in there um and also obviously you can email the show uh, and and let us know your thoughts on rice star but um yeah we will uh, get to that next time on uh, the podcast bally what are we talking about this time on the podcast well first segment we're going to be talking about an absolute time of games i'd like to say a butt ton of games but we've already made that Mm. joke um and then two segments show for the second segment we're going to be going through some of your listener emails uh yeah so so many games that we want to talk about that we thought probably best to do a two segment show yeah um so let's kick it off then bally let's get into it we obviously had the release as i mentioned of the switch online new expansion pack that has n64 games genesis games this animal crossing update as a part of it Uh, and i have touched uh, all of them in various different ways but i thought we'd kick things off by talking about the n64 games seeing as we did a stream together where we played a bunch of n64 games multiplayer online and um it was a good time i enjoyed doing this it was fun to go back to these 
these games. I think probably you have a lot more nostalgia for them than I do because you owned an N64 yeah. and played a lot more of them than than I did. Uh, two in particular with Mario Tennis and Mario Kart 64. Um, how how are you feeling about this service so far? And you know, obviously a lot of people have criticisms, which I totally think is warranted. But I guess from my perspective. Nintendo Switch's online when it comes to this stuff has always worked really well um mm-hmm. and like I remember us playing Wild Guns that was super seamless yeah. like playing against each other with their service in this way and the way in which you connect to each other it's actually always been quite easy and pretty good overall yeah I, I actually think you know and I know the price disparity is kind of better for us UK folks for the first yeah. time ever um so i paid for the upgrade and it pays the difference so i had the standard service and i paid for the expansion expansion pack they call it isn't it and mm-hmm. you know i think i paid the difference which worked out at like 22 pounds i want to say like it so i already depends when you renew right, basically. right mine was coming up in february so i had to do quite a bit more but yeah, right. they take off an amount based on it's a pro rata rate right. basically so yeah. i think for the value even if I never touch that thing again, you know, I've had a really fun stream, like playing all those online games with you and like t- really scratched that nostalgia. Like, I've already had a, a blast. And I think from a value proposition, it's pretty good as a service as it is. Could the roster be bigger? Obviously. Um, but I and think we know Nintendo are going to be adding new games. And they're going to be it. adding. Um, obviously, we're not probably not going to get many of the kind of third party deep cuts that are just so expensive to try and um get back out there yeah but... main, mainly licensed stuff although what i will say is that given banjo kazooie has been announced like rare the, the door is open for stuff like conquer to come through and jet and jet force gemini and those types of games probably not goldeneye perfect dark probably actually perfect dark is likely yeah. um but yeah there's definitely some in there that are a little tricky diddy kong racing's one i'd love to see that i never got yeah to. um Defo, yeah definitely. so i think that it's actually a pretty good service uh i don't love the idea that i'd rather it was just one price for everything and if they put up that price for everything maybe I, the segmented thing i don't think is perfect but i mean i'm happy to pay the higher tier and i've already had great value i think a lot we had a blast like mm-hmm. i knew that mario kart 64 doesn't quite hold up as well as you might think it does but going into it with that knowledge i had an absolute blast playing it like knowing that it's it's got some really fun tracks and yes it's hard but you know it's we had a great time i thought it was just awesome yeah it's um when i picked it up for the first time i was like oh wow mario kart felt different back in the day (laughs) definitely not this kind of smooth experience that we have now and um i think part of it is like mario kart 64 in particular the turning is quite tight which means that when you hop basically when you do the little hops around the corner it is a very like you have to take those angles differently than you would in a modern mario kart game essentially right like Mm -hmm. the time at which you turn the angle at which you turn the amount of drift that you get and like the reliance on drifting and building up the kind of fire that you get in modern games is less so here you still have it and you still see the color changing on your tires but it feels like if you're a noob at mario kart and you don't know about drifting around corners just turning the analog stick to turn will probably actually put you in better stead in this game funnily yeah, enough yeah. than any other mario kart games most, most definitely and yeah it's really hard but i mean some of those tracks like donkey kong's like country parkway or whatever it's called i love that track so much it might be my favorite track in that game um and, you know yoshi's valley is just hilarious like the, all the roots and the skiddy sliding combined with like such a maze of a course is just kind of hilarious but also yeah. like when you go off the ramp and it just 
pings you in that exact direction if your angle yeah. going onto the ramp is not correct <laughs> yeah. then you're just going to go wildly off course which yeah. is yeah of course yeah very very in keeping with the way that game was built i think the funniest thing for me was there's just a bunch of words when you do stuff on the screen. So, like, vroom will come up a bunch. Uh, poomph, I think it poomph, was. Was yeah, it poomph? poomph? Yeah, poomph is when you land on the ground. Um, were, if you get hit by a banana, you'll spin around and the, uh, the word were will be above your head. So, like, it's really interesting that this they almost cartoonize it right it's, it feels like an animated show or something where like oh no slipped on a banana and there's like a, a word above your head to indicate like the noise that's happening and i wonder like if that was just an idea because the kart races themselves are still sprite based and so they don't fit as well mm. into the kind of polygonal world so yeah but i found that really interesting as a thing that i had never really paid attention to before in mario kart 64 but like stands out now when you think about it it's like oh they don't do that anymore yeah, why yeah. <laughs> and why do they do it back then um it's a really curious choice that they it, made it also um, makes you realize that yeah the older mario karts just did not have many tracks like or, or modes like there's there's four there's four grand prix four tracks in each and there's time trials which you can't even save ghosts on because of the whole data thing which we can get to but yeah because it, it required a pack right there's the i think the expansion pack not to be confused with this expansion pack <laughs> the pak as opposed to pack right um there's also the memory pack i think was one of them which yeah. added a bunch of ram maybe the expansion pack was a memory pack but there's also rumble pack right and so because you couldn't have i believe there's a case unless you had to do multiple controllers having multiple packs on an n64 game at once i'm just, like this is a thing that obviously emulators and other people have figured out by this point and nintendo still haven't but but, but the memory pack goes into the n64 itself oh right okay right, so yeah. that didn't go into the back that wasn't a controller no. thing ah no. got you okay so maybe they don't have any excuses then because i was thinking like okay yeah. if you're taking up with a rumble then like emulator wise does that make logical sense but yeah. i guess but, not i guess but, it's fine. but it's just it it is kind of startling just how few modes and how few tracks yeah. and like we are so lucky to have so much more in mario kart even though we don't have like stuff like a mission mode which i know is great in the ds game i'd love mm-hmm. that to come back but it's just it's quite a lean game but it's still a really good game i think multiplayer and it works i mean at the end of the day it kind of it's kind of the same with mario kart 8 when you think about it right there isn't i guess the single player mode for mario kart 8 is pretty much the same which is just do all the gps albeit a lot more modes and kart races and that stuff i mean yeah i mean i'm a sucker i'm a sucker more for number of tracks because i can do those same modes for much longer if there's tons of tracks where mario kart 64 like you know we we played every gp bar one you know and we we weren't that long so no and we uh, didn't do great in them i will say um it's it's interesting because like i did uh beat you in a couple of those races and um once i warmed up though i was hard to beat you yeah you're getting there which (laughs) but but the funny thing is is like you weren't dominating you weren't winning every race which usually in a mario kart game against cpu you're able to do that unless it's mario kart 7 come on no, of course, yes. Yeah, my my when I'm the king of the hill, of course. Um, but I do think 64 is a fucking hard game. Like yeah, they it's hard. they really like same with the Super Nintendo one. It's hard yet at the same time it's, it is easy for noobs because there's not much benefit to the yes. you know, the um drifting. So like totally. it's that weird combination of the two. It feels like the rubber banding and stuff is is pretty harsh, right? Oh, like it's it harsh. Feels... It's very harsh. And I think that they developed the difficulty of Mario Kart to the point where by GameCube, maybe it was still quite difficult. But then after that, yeah. like I think they had kind of found a balance. Um, but yeah, with this game, it is 
brutal and i was like i had the chance Bally. obviously i tweeted about this to make my 64th game that i beat this year to be an n64 game and i was like oh could i what if i beat a, a gp and come in first is that how i do it and i started doing that um and uh, i i gave up immediately i was like fuck this is not gonna happen uh, yeah. this is so hard also the way they distribute points in that game is fucked up like the winner it's nine six three one zero so you have to come fourth yeah. or better to move and on coming to fourth race. basically is pointless because you get one point yeah, versus one point, the, yeah. the first place person who gets nine points which is like astronomically yeah. puts you ahead so like coming first and second matters massively in this yeah. game i completely um, forgot that point system because when it happened i was like what the hell this is it's crazy um, i think that was the funny thing is because I've, i i actually ended up winning the first gp and it was because i came second in one of the races right um and that gave me just a big points boost essentially yeah uh, which was also crazy. it's interesting what you're saying about the rubber banding because while there is a lot of rubber banding i don't think it's linked in an intrinsic way to the items as much as it is with the recent ones and what i mean by that is i think you have a l- lot more items and stuff going for you if you're at the back and working way through the pack yeah in the newer mario karts i feel like you have to work a bit harder in mario kart 64 even mm-hmm. though there is some rubber banding like i just think it's more to do with the physics necessarily than the items themselves yeah and it's also like there are certain red shells that you'll fire off and you'll be like why didn't that track somebody right they just hit into the side the, they the just go to the side of the wall awful. yeah um yeah. they hadn't fully figured it out yet right like it is still clearly a series in development as you kind of play yeah. it and um it's still cool man i still really like mario kart 64 i have obviously a lot of good memories of battle mode at your house playing yeah. on we need um, to play some know. more yeah it, it's really good vibes and um, yes i mean the track that i associate the most with that game i think is the track on the cover is like toad uh toad's turnpike which is in the yeah. second grand prix that we never did and it's like it's come back in i think maybe the wii version or maybe it's the one Mario with the kart, trucks and the lorries and stuff on the road yeah it's got the trucks and the cars and it's basically a figure of eight with trucks and cars yeah that, that just... was the gp that i tried to do to beat and um yeah i i think i hit a car like maybe 12 <laughs> or 13 times and uh, yeah did not do well yeah. in that race um, but... Yeah. Are you time. interested in going back and, and winning all the GPs on 50 and 100 and 150? Is that something you, you're willing to do? I mean, I'll I'll do it sometime that I just want to blast through some podcasts maybe, but I'd rather do another stream or play online. That would be my preference. But I, I, I yeah, might We should do, do some battle mode for sure. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Yeah. Um, cool. We played a couple of other N64 games as well. Uh, Mario Tennis was probably the one that you are the most still dominant at when it comes down to it. You just mm. like have the muscle memory and the um, yeah. just like... You've played that game a lot. I feel. I've played it a lot. Yeah, yeah. It's it's a good time. I I I've played quite a bit of that um, away from our live stream. Just listening to podcasts, going through uh, tournaments. It's just it's a good time. Again, there's not many modes, and you can't obviously transfer your Game Boy Color character over in no. this version. But um, it's it's really fun. I, and it, it was fun when we one on one. It was a bit brutal but just I tell think... them bally just i'm shit basically that's how it goes i'm just terrible <laughs> but, but with and I got doubles i think it evened out a little better and yeah. it was a little tighter and that was fun i thought it might be better if fun. like i have the most difficult cpu and you have like one down oh from that that's a shout yeah you we should have done that i'd be up yeah. for that again yeah um yeah because i'm bad at mario <laughs> tennis and like there's just need a bit of practice you're not that bad you know, I've, oh, I've put yeah. in like a lot of hours into that game yeah true i don't know it's just it's one of those things that you know i was always bad at as a kid and i still feel like i'm bad at now and i don't know if that will ever change <laughs> but um, you've experienced the game that waluigi first appeared in and i think of that, course, that is yeah. very important and i played as waluigi and of course you played as him with yeah. his glowing evil eyes in the replays yeah. which is just so bizarre 
Yeah, it looks really nice as well. Like uh, the other thing I'll say about these games is um, playing them handheld is great because they are all up-resed to 720p, right. which means that crispness on the screen is really sharp. It's um, it's but, a good-looking kind of elements anyway, I should say, because obviously the sprite work in Mario Kart doesn't hold up because it's sprite work and it's blurry, yeah. and the menus don't hold up because that menu stuff is blurry. But when you're looking at polygonal stuff, that scales really, which is why I think Mario Tennis is so good Mario because all those characters are polygonal and the courts polygonal so it has that sheen and that kind of crispness mm. that you want but also mario kart is like 1995 i want to say and then mario tennis is like 2001 like it, oh wow it's quite very late jump and yeah like all consoles i think end of era n64 games do actually look really good also games like pokemon snap pokemon stadium 2 these are all coming mm. out around 2001 and i think they are some of the best looking n64 games for sure, yeah. Some really good stuff at the end there. Um, obviously, you had stuff like Dinosaur Planet that then got moved over. Yeah. To God, GameCube I hope they put and... Pokemon Stadium on. We need to play some of that. Yes. I I would love to do a stream where we go through and fight Elite the Elite Four, Four and do the gym. We just strategize and... on stream and just go for it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. We get rental Pokemon. We oh. do what we did when we were kids. Oh, Such wait. a good cannot time. Wait love that stuff um so i hope that happens we'll see um a couple of other games that we checked out because they had multiplayer modes uh, i'd never played dr mario before and i don't think you had either no. and um that was interesting i think there was it looks like a super nintendo game <laughs> it really does yeah it, it was basically just all 2d there's not much going on it must be early era yeah i mean it's also it's a puzzle game right so what can you really do to like snaz up dr mario it's, That's uh, also true. it's, it's a falling block thing um and i think i felt a little lag in terms of like how long it took to like turn pieces and get them mm. in the right order oh, and stuff it, like that it was that. 2001 um, it was it that late yeah um, apparently um, but but that game uh, i think is cool and i kind of want to go back to it and figure it out a bit more because like i've neither of us have ever really been big tetris people or into those types no. of falling block games in a big way we need a bit of a nintendo lure to get us in there right yeah yeah and uh, and i i think that i would like to check out dr mario 64 a bit more um it worked well as a multiplayer thing as well very easy to just do head to head and i didn't really understand how it worked in terms of putting blocks on one person's things but what i did find is that if you fuck up you fuck up very quickly and you will <laughs> it goes south it goes so south quick. really fast because viruses start so high up compared to like yes. tetris like tetris you're going to the bottom if you make a few fuck ups so they all go to the bottom and then you recover from there whereas this it's like it's right you, you kind of start away. with a board that's fucked already and you kind of have to like work yeah. hard at the beginning just to clean it up and then after that it feels mm. like you can build from there but yeah it's um yeah, yeah. it's cool and I, I maybe i'll check out a, a more modern version of dr mario because i think there are quite a few out there um i think there was a 3ds one at some point um yeah might have to take a look at that but dr mario pretty cool um and they just wound up the mobile game yeah they just killed that so that you can never play also that wasn't really dr mario it was like you were sending pills up the way and it was like individualized what? puzzles it wasn't really dr mario it was a weird thing this is just his branding yeah pretty much it was it was like the inverse of what you would expect from that type of experience so um, Star Fox 64 also uh, exists which we played uh, the multiplayer of which seems not good for two people is what I'm going to take away from that essentially the control mapping is, is a bit weird mm -hmm. and one-on-one -on -one dogfights I've never really enjoyed in multiplayer video games and... it's because you're kind of like going but it's like oh they're behind you okay let's take this really long turn to try and find you again okay you're in my sights now okay and it's like a long war of attrition to see whose health bar disappears yeah. first um, yeah. which I imagine would be a lot more fun with four people because then you're like teaming up against each other you're like trying to single out different people that sounds like a better time 
two versus one versus one didn't really make sense um no. are you interested in jumping back into star force 64 because you play the 3d version obviously um and yeah, going through yeah. a run because like um, a run takes what like 40 minutes or whatever to get through could maybe do a run if we did something yeah i don't know maybe maybe i but, have not like, seen most of that game because i didn't like it and then decided to not play i did one run through oh, you never picked up well, again so I lent, did I you lend lent it, it to, to me you, you lent me the 3ds version and remember what happened was i played one run and decided i didn't like it and didn't play any more of it basically so i mean i think the 3ds one will be much nicer yeah. looking and i think that is quite important for a game like that i think it is nice to i would personally play the 3ds one i guess i own it now i guess i have it whenever i want so if i did want to and i the th- nice thing actually about this version is there's save states right um and that's the thing we haven't really brought yeah. up is there's no rewinding on the n64 games um probably because it's harder to do rewinds on bigger 3d games like that um and shame yeah. that, that would have been really cool yeah i actually was reminded when i was listening to rfn that on the wii get days we had when you would leave a game it would suspend it so a super nintendo game would actually suspend which meant when you loaded back into it even if your wii was turned off and everything it would put you back where you were so like with super metroid i remember this happening of like i would have a suspend and i'd go back but with n64 games like ocarina of time that wouldn't be the case and it would load you from the main menu every time and you have to reboot it so so i think that was such a great feature that they improved on with yeah totally um but but it seems like we do have save states but we just don't have the rewind function so it, it feels like you know if gamecube games were ever to be there it feels like that would be the same thing where they wouldn't be able to rewind yeah, those games yeah. just because it's harder to do so um so yeah uh it was pretty good it's a shame rewind would be so good for like mario sunshine or oh, my god would ever <laughs> holy shit like some of those levels of like going up behind the back of the fucking waterfall thing and doing those crazy jumps um yeah lots of resets happened when i played that game and it was yeah. not it's not ideal, I'll say. Um, so it would be nice. But hey, safe days are great. And I'm, I'm glad that we have those too. So yeah, um, th- there's a bunch of other stuff on there. I obviously want to play Sin and Punishment at some point. Sin and Punishment is that eternal game of like, um, Bali, we're going to do a backlog club on this at some point, right? Right? And uh, yeah. Well, if I, people don't vote for it, how are we meant to play it? That's the thing, you know? Well, yeah, of course. I, I was uh, going to say we should have put it into this poll, but you had the idea of just doing Genesis games, which was a bit yeah, cleaner. Got to, got to keep it Ma- made, made sense. Yeah. We'll, do, we'll do a much cleaner N64 poll uh, next year. When they sure. add more games, I think, right? Yeah, definitely. Yeah, that'd definitely. Be good. There's loads of other good games. And if Sin and Punishment there. doesn't win then, then I'm just going to fucking play the game, all right? I just got to, I need to just play well, it, you know? we got, we got a loser's bracket to yeah, do that. I, I, I'm, my, my patience is running out already bought the game on wii u and now i have it for free on switch come on man it's been a yeah, while so i do want to play that and that looks great um win back i do want to get to um so yeah but I, what i will say at the moment when i want to boot up one of these services i'm booting up the genesis more often than the n64 just because i've already there's nothing interesting for me to go in and play single player really on mm. n64 at the moment mm. and i want them to add you know back when badger kazooie gets there i'll play that for sure you know like if you're if you're a younger gamer who's never played mario 64 or ocarina of time i think you know this service is pretty it's awesome, pretty great to be yeah because like those, those are fantastic games absolutely and, you know I know that we've played the remakes, especially in the case of Ocarina of Time, uh-huh. but like I, I, that original still holds up. Like it, it's good. it still does. I was playing some of that actually. I did get through Deku Tree, so I'm like in, I'm actually in the middle of Deku Tree right now. So yeah, I'll probably go back to that. The number of times I've played the start of Ocarina of Time is probably very very high. I've just booted that <laughs> game up a bunch um, because you know it's the the classic. Everyone uh, knows what's going on with that. So um, N64, that's that. Um, we'll come back to more of the uh, Switch Online stuff in a bit, but let's take a little 
little break from that and talk about another video game a little indie game that came out and uh, has been doing quite well for itself it's a game called unpacking valley um now this was shown off i think over the summer in one of the e3 events some indie event and i just thought oh that's pretty cool like it's a neat idea you're basically taking boxes you're moving into a place and you're just putting things in a room and in different rooms and kind of situating yourself essentially um and i thought it's a cool idea unique um but this game is really interesting in a way that i didn't quite expect and thought was very cool narratively and and often we talk about on the show of like how video games can tell stories in a way that no other medium can and i think unpacking does that in a really unique way that i've not quite seen before so um yeah uh you've you've played this i've played this it's a short game how long do you think it took you about four hours or so yeah three four hours yeah Yeah. it's 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 a good length for the bite size yeah yeah the final level's quite you know takes a long time a bit more extended, it's yeah. very satisfying when you do it and yeah it's so, yeah i, I love i love this game yeah what, what are your thoughts on unpacking and this this whole idea by i loved it so much um i think that just the mechanical aspect of taking the things putting them in the in the places i would have enjoyed that as it was like a lot on its own there is a real satisfaction to it there was a viral tweet that was going around of like someone placing uh, an object on all these all these different parts of the house and every time you put it down on something different the sound would be different depending on like if it's a carpet or if it's a cardboard box or if it's a tile floor or if it's a wooden floor and apparently there are fourteen thousand of those uh, sound bites in the game right because it's all the items timed by all the surfaces i guess right pretty much so it's so many fucking wild but it's the level of polish that you like you really feel it when you're playing the game because it has that really nice satisfying like it's a game feel thing which i think ordinarily people wouldn't necessarily know unless they thought about it but like it's part of the reason the game feels so good to play is because you're just like plopping things down and the way it sounds is just so satisfying and neat and like superb pixel art design like real nice beautiful stuff Um, so yeah just like mechanically and visually alone i would have enjoyed this game a ton but then the kind of wider message of like what you're doing and the different spaces that you are filling and unpacking things into it it's i loved it because like I worked it out between the year of 2009 and 2019, so the flat that me and Caroline currently live in. Yeah. I moved 10 times like on average once <laughs> once a year. Holy and shit, dude. It completely sucks. Like, it, there's nothing worse. Like, it, it really sucks. And, you know, this game makes you realize that, yes, items that you move and pack and take take out... And items that I really relate to as well, like there, there was a whole lot of video game consoles in this game, which I loved. Mm. And they, they really were careful about making it great uh, with the eras as well. You know, with obviously, the, eras. the GameCube them- is very obvious. Like, and and the fun thing about that is you can also see the GameCube games, and you can kind of like, even I though the pixel art is really crossing, tiny, yeah. you can figure out which game is which. Like, there's Zelda's in there, and, and yeah. all this stuff. You know, it's, it's so really cool. cool. And they've done it just enough where Nintendo won't get too grumpy. You would hope. Um, no, exactly. The, the GameCube looks very different. Like it's blue and it like yes. has slightly different like parts to it same with the game boy advance and yeah. the ds and the wii actually that she has at some point yeah right very cool but it makes you realize if you haven't gone through the process of moving again and again and again like items really are a part of us and mm. what value we, we place on particular items for example every time i unpacked her game boy or her 3ds as it evolved through the years i would always put it by her bedside table yep, I was like, yep, that's absolutely. a really nice place to put it because that's how where i would want it in this setup yeah. and you know i think that 
items are important and intrinsic to us and it's really cool that this game conveys that in the same way that there's that little eiffel tower that you just think oh, it's just a shitty little eiffel tower from mm-hmm. what you presume paris or whatever and you know she you take it out and that same one item you unload into like five six seven different flats you know there's eiffel right. tower. It's like and there's that this repetition that you realize oh crap like some of these things have been with her since i think the first year is 1995 i think the realize... little bus that you have when you're a kid is still there at the very last one right that tiny right. bus um, yeah and and that says but, a lot but right about like the person and i think there's this thing right of you can look at someone's room in someone's space and like form an idea of who they are right like there is an identity hmm. that you can take from the things that people place value on and the things that people display and that type of thing so i think it's so clever in being able to not only evoke that idea of like getting a sense of who this girl is but then throughout the years as as what she chooses to continue Mm. taking with her or what gets left behind how that change and how she changes as a result of that really cool i mean on that point i think generally she keeps quite a lot of stuff like i feel like by the end you're like you're cramming quite a lot of stuff into very small spaces and you think you should probably get rid of most of these things yeah um but the way that placing items can convey stories um and i don't want to spoil it too much so i'm gonna say minor spoilers actually for kind of maybe mid through midway through the game because i think this the the apart the small apartment that she has with her boyfriend is probably the best distillation of a lot of different things that this game does well so like it's i can't remember what year it is but it's kind of part way through the game and she's moved in with somebody into a small apartment and i think part of what makes this effective is you have more stuff than you can reasonably fit in this space and so you get that that tense anxiety feeling of shit where do i put this there's no space to put this and like it's reflecting what she would have been feeling at that time trying to unpack you know you move into a small apartment and you're like fuck man i've got all this shit how do i fit it anywhere but but it's not it's not just that it's a small apartment it's the fact that it's also a really wanky apartment what i mean by that is it's a it's clearly a city apartment because yes. you can see like the cars outside it's in it's, like yeah it's clearly super expensive and you're getting a tiny amount yep. of space for what you're paying it's got for. like this black silver modern clearly quite expensive look to it and then on top of the fact that her boyfriend he stores certain random like very decorative objects in very um elaborate elaborate ways mm-hmm. which prevents you from storing any of your stuff so yes. it's like you're getting a feel for this couple's relationship just by looking at the flat and unpacking boxes which is just yeah. like this incredible like way to convey a story and i think this is this is like summarized to a t where your university diploma that you have put up proudly on the wall in all of your other flats the game purposefully doesn't give you any space on any of the walls in this flat to put up your your university diploma. So, so there is one space where I did put it, which is above it's, it's above the toilet, and the game says no, you can't put it there. Yeah, exactly, <laughs> exactly. So what do you have to do? You have to put it under your bed. Yeah, it's like hide it how, away. How imp- how representative of that is 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 this is that in this relationship? You know that that she has been forced to put her university diploma that she's so proud of under the bed. Like that is mm-hmm. just in. And what happens? Like they obviously break up, and yep. the game moves it speaks on. Speaks volumes, it's like, right? It's it's right. such a just, clever mechanical incredible. way of of conveying 
that part of like yeah. these people who you never see at all in the entire game right like right. It's, it's pretty crazy there's no dialogue there's like that that is like potentially moment of the year for me in like video yeah. games because that is just so unique something i wasn't expecting didn't know about and yeah. um i saw someone share that on twitter after i'd experienced it and right. was like, oh my god exactly like yeah, I, I love it's it it's very cool but there's other things like with that space as well where the previous there's a college uh, space that she's staying in before that and there's a bunch of stuff that she can't move the game just doesn't let you move it um and then you get into the bedroom in this apartment and you can actually move his shit around so i was like this dude is so fucking messy okay, but right get, let's go into the sock drawer fucking get your socks in order i moved all his socks into the correct order his ties were fucking sitting out there put those ties in the drawer and i'm like wait a second i i'm just getting into the mindset of, the, of this of this girl here. just mary condo this ass like, yeah, yeah exactly and i'm like oh my god this this dude he's just fucking leaving his shit all over the place and so like while i'm putting all my underwear and stuff in the drawer i'm like fixing his at the same time but then it also is reflective of like well the game doesn't let you move his posters off the wall mm. but it does let you do that so i think like there are ways in which it's even more subtle uh by yeah, doing that yeah. certain stuff and what you're able to interact with and what you're not able to interact with yeah. which by the end of the game once you you know own your own place and stuff you can kind of move everything about and you have autonomy and and yeah. you see that progression yeah. so and yeah there are a couple more story beats that are really cool that i don't want to spoil um yeah. and i think the game is just a very very cool um idea what i will say is i i did get um not burned out necessarily but like you are doing the same thing quite a bit like yeah. obviously taking things out i was pretty done by the end i agree yeah Definitely. and putting them in and so like i took a couple, couple of breaks in between i probably played it over four days or so total just because like you you are a lot of it is maybe the navigational stuff i was playing on pc so it's a little different i guess because like mouse and uh you know moving to the side of the screen to scroll things and, and scroll out um was maybe a bit easier than working with a controller on, on switch it's touchscreen of course which helps quite a bit oh, and so cool. you can move stuff but um but yeah, I, I think it's a very unique experience and one you can only really get in games. Um, so, yeah. Question. Yes. Did you ever unload stuff onto a bed or the floor or did you do it one by one for, straight from the box? I kind of went back and forth at some times when I was like, I just want to dump all this. Like when I was doing my clothes, for example, I would try and dump all the clothes out first so that I had them all so I see what I had and then start putting them on the hangers and then start putting them in the drawers. But with other stuff, I would be like, ooh, Hmm, let me think about where this goes place it there next thing okay maybe that goes there so like there are ways in which you could do it I, i've heard a lot of people who just like dumped everything out and i didn't do that because i think that was that kind of takes some of the joy out, away from it of like slowly un, unboxing and putting everything in place but um i totally see how you would be able to do that and it would make sense but yeah mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So. yeah i i um i predominantly just took it from the box but there were just some times where you just had to get it all out there and work it in especially the kitchens there are sometimes where just like the box is in the way you know and you can't see behind the box so that c- could be a little bit of an issue sometimes of like oh there's a drawer behind here but i can't really yeah. see there's the- no camera movement you can zoom in yes. and zoom out but there's no that's a very purposeful decision which i'd probably broadly agree with even though it mm-hmm. has a couple of negatives where there's sometimes you just can't quite identify quite how big a space is or how something fits or doesn't fit but um it's a very minor gripe generally yes the other really cool little polish thing that i love is if you open a drawer or like something is in the way it will just like mm. d- it'll like butt against it so like there's like an animation just for it yeah, yeah. so, so if you try and close the cupboard and a oh, draw, drawer is still it. open I it like it. butts against the drawer and you're like oh shit i need to close the drawer and then it will cl- it's just a tiny little polish thing but it makes such a difference in terms of like the tangibility of the space you know like it it's so so cool um 
so yeah um i think this game is great um people should check it out it's on switch um and loads of other places called unpacking um one of the most unique narrative experiences in in games i've played in a little while so yeah definitely worth checking out um let's go in a totally different direction i uh, don't want to have my voice there too i'm going to fucking australia maybe i am if i've got to be walking this far um i've been walking outside uh, a lot more because of nintendo slash niantic's new project pikmin bloom uh a video game quote unquote is it a video game who could say really um so i don't know have you downloaded this bally and checked it out at all i downloaded it I went for like a short walk and then I was pretty unwell with everything. Yeah. So I weren't really uh, in a place to be much, going though. outside. Makes exactly. sense. Exactly. Um, I've been using it for about, I don't want to say six days now or so since like Wednesday. Oh. And um, I think it's really cool. Uh, so it, I wouldn't really call it. What, what's your average step count in those days, would you say? Oh god, you're fucking expose me here. Um, <laughs> like six thousand, probably. That's like, very good. That's it, all right. What I really notice is the days that I don't go for my lunchtime walk. It's just abysmal. It's like one and a half thousand. Like fucking <laughs> yeah, hell. I'm just, yeah. I'm just sitting on a chair the whole time and not moving and doing anything. And I actually yesterday when I didn't go out, I was like waiting for stuff in the microwave, and I was like, I'm just gonna walk around the house a bunch and get my step count up. So, so yeah, it is, it's having an effect. It's having an effect, Pikmin which is, is cool. Um, so I, I had never actually even downloaded google fit onto my phone which is what you need for a step counter because pikmin bloom basically hooks into existing fitness uh, stuff that your phone has and then uses that so on iphones it's already on the like it's it must be part of the, there, the os yeah. yeah i imagine so so yeah you kind of have to get that on android if you don't and basically what happens is that you collect these pikmin and you feed them fruit that they find while you're walking and you feed them nectar from that fruit and then they're kind of little flower buds and you can tap on the flower and it gives you flower petals and then when you go on a walk you can say oh i'm going to start spreading flower petals and so as i walk my entire path the route that i go will have a trail of flowers behind me and so at the end of the walk you can look back basically and see oh that's where i went and we'll show you the line of where you it's almost like you know you know how in breath of the wild you go to your map and it shows you where you went over the map yeah it's kind of like that i guess um but for now someone can stalk me <laughs> yeah totally exactly now, now they know exactly where i have walked every inch of which they knew already let's be honest there's fucking all the data on us uh, out there but um True. i think it's really cool so there's a couple of reasons why um one is it's just encouraging people to go outside and walk more um which is good and i think that's something that everyone probably should be doing a lot more because we're all especially with covid like inside our house all the time and not going anywhere and that type of thing um but it also like gives you incentive to do that because you're getting new pikmin you can also name the pikmin when you get them which is a little weird because pikmin i've always thought of like as a homogenous whole right like i never really think of them as individuals they're, they're disposable why would you name you know, why you know you what yeah them? they die and they go a little ghost happen <laughs> um so yeah naming them might be a little bit oh, that would um, be brutal if they let you name them in the main games that like that yeah just seems, uh, it's a very bad idea That's, yeah. yeah just a recipe for disaster however you can do that here and uh, a funny way that i've been naming them is uh whatever road i was on when i got them i'll just name them after that road or like oh, have, a, have a spin on that. Like that or like 
depending on like what i did that day so i went and had dinner with my sister and d- during lunch that day i actually um at work had a donburi for lunch and so i went went out to get my donburi and i while I was waiting for it to be put, cooked i was checking my app and it was like oh you got a new pikmin i just called it donburi so that's the pikmin i got when i got my donburi <laughs> at work basically you know like little and it, it, it's a good like kind of calendar tracker of like memories because at the end of the day it will ask you um okay i'll throw you show you three faces sad face neutral face happy face and you just click one of them to say like what was your mood today how did you feel about today and then you can choose a picture from your photo album and it attaches that photo to that day so it basically gives you a little bit of a kind of you know memory book of you know wh- where did i walk that day where was i what was i doing and and how did i feel so it won't go like remember when you had this sad day back here and here's yeah. this photo to remind you is it, is it it will always filter to the good stuff i I, I, I don't know if you can you can like go back and look at it if you want i don't know if there's an easy way to look through everything but it's kind of a nice reference point for i don't know if you ever wanted to just go back and scroll at one point in time and remember what was going on um but yeah it's it's really neat it has encouraged me to take some more pictures as well because i was realizing oh the, the only picture i had from today is this screenshot of the forgotten city that i beat yesterday so i guess that's my picture of happy the day face. yeah yeah happy face for that day <laughs> um that was great so so yeah it it's not it's not really a video game is what i'm going to say it's like it's it's a nice um addendum to a fitness app yeah. and i think that's a cool thing because i think people try to gamify fitness a lot and like especially with step counters a lot of people in my family extended family have step counters and i've never really been that into them but i think like there's this slight added layer here that gets me into it not only because it's like a nintendo skin on something because i'm an idiot of course i'm gonna go everyone needs uh, their own step counter for them yeah like there's other ones where you'll i know there's like running apps where you're essentially like headphones in running away from zombies and right there's podcast stuff like that that, right yeah storytelling and it's it's like i I definitely think everyone's got their own thing if they want to harness it for fitness and Mm -hmm. that sort of thing and yeah i i I love all those ideas and i think this sounds this sounds awesome i i I hope that now i'm feeling a bit better i can you know experience the the spreading of petals yeah (laughs) yeah pretty much you can also send them out on expeditions so like you'll have more than enough pikmin so you have six at a time as your crew and then you can send out the other ones on like it's fucking it's like metal gear solid five you just go send them out on like recon missions basically to go find fruit um there's also like big flowers that you can see on the gps map that i've not really figured out what to do with those yet and Mm. supposedly you can also see other people who are nearby if you know if they've seen anyone else yet no i mean i've been in in main city london one day with it so far and i will be again this week so i'm sure i'll I'll keep an eye out for that did you say you've already been in the center of london i have yeah but that was kind of you didn't see anyone then that was the first day i had it and it had only just come out that day in the uk so everyone's as keen as us it was very fresh so i don't know yeah i I might need to check that out and see by the time i go that there this week i'm sure that it will be uh more populated i imagine so um hopefully there'll be a bit more going on but you can add people as friends on there i've been given gifts by people um you know i've got i put my friend code on twitter so you can go find that and add me if you want um so yeah i think it's it's a fun little thing uh and have enjoyed walking so far i guess i guess you're gonna keep going with it so i have a pikmin bloom check-in next time yeah sure i mean okay. um i'm gonna continue to walk i usually i had been doing that regardless i usually do a, a lunchtime walk and um i think this holds me a bit more accountable it's like oh man i didn't do enough steps today definitely gonna get out there and, and do it so yeah it's real cool. cool pikmin bloom um there was also obviously the uh, animal crossing uh, dlc slash update that happened which i have uh, checked in with a little bit um 
it's interesting because jumping back into animal crossing is is hard i find at this point in time just because everything is like already set and i'm like where do i start where do i go what do i need to buy what how do i get all the items and, and how do i find all the new stuff and um I think I'm probably going to have to do a bigger check-in next time because I haven't actually checked out Happy Home Paradise yet, which is a whole separate DLC. I didn't realize you had to download that. You had to go to the eShop and actually click download on Happy Home Paradise. It's in Animal Crossing itself, but you actually have to go and download it Mm. to add to the game. Why didn't they just make it part of the update? And they just and they put a key in. If if you have a Switch Online service, yeah, they should have done that. But because, I don't know. I mean, I'm, I mean, Nintendo. If you don't want to print money, uh, yeah, of come, course, come to me. Um, so so I, I've only just downloaded that today. But um, the update stuff, it, it, it took me a while to be like, okay, where do I go? I need to go to that like the town center to get all the recipe stuff and there's just certain items that i'm just like how do i get carrots and potatoes to start growing because i want to start doing a little patch like a little farm patch and do my little kind of baking of food i I made a stone kitchen today um i made a pear smoothie so like the the stuff is there you just kind of have to find it and i think that's the hardest part at the moment which makes it trickier because you go to harv's island which is where what's his face the little seedling guy the the guy who sells your plants and flowers yeah leaf i think is his name um i needed to get him but to get him aside from him showing up randomly to get him on halves island you have to pay a gyroid a hundred thousand bells and then i have to wait until the next day for him to come same with brewster i didn't realize i was like oh i have to go out to an island to find brewster really yeah you have to go on one of Capin's tours so Capin is there and there's nothing telling you that no it does tell you but it's okay. just i i think because the first couple of days of playing it i didn't go off and do all that stuff and so now i'm like oh oh and now i have to wait another day in order for them, him to come to the island and actually set up shop and all that stuff so it's it reminds me of the time getting the animal crossing does that is fine and it's good when you were first starting the game because that's how it works but it's hard when you're coming back to the game and i'm like give me all the new stuff give me all of it at once and yeah. animal crossing is like no 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 no. this is animal crossing you have to wait you have to wait until we're ready because on that halves island there are like seven or eight different gyroids you can talk to to recruit people and look my fucking bank is overflowing i'm, I'm a billion billionaire they say right i have 11 million bells i can pay for all of these shops in one day they cost a hundred thousand each fucking chump change mate i just fucking throw it out there but the game says nope we're not taking any more donations for today come back tomorrow which means i have to spend eight or nine days in a row going to the island talking to a gyroid paying it a hundred thousand waiting for the next day for one more person to be added to the island it's i get it that's what animal crossing is you do have to check in every day that's kind of the point of it but i was it's a little disappointing when i just want to jump in and get all the new stuff straight away and it's like "Mm -mm, you gotta wait you're gonna we're gonna have to um you know put a little uh, pen on you. Do you think they've got some stats to back up this idea that we can actually get people to play longer the more we yes. stagger stuff across 100 days, fucking right? percent. That's, like, that's, that's Nintendo's number objective. one aim of this game, right? Of course, right? Like, they want me to continue playing and picking it up every day. Um, it's, I get it. it. It makes sense. But it's so manufactured, you know, it's just a bit annoying, yeah. It's, yeah, it just because reminds me. if you bought me. all those things and was ha- were having a really good time, mm-hmm. you would come back the next day, wouldn't you? Yeah, like, totally. You to do more stuff, you know, you don't have to do this. It's yeah. a bit frustrating. It's yeah, and like it's it just reminds me of some of the more annoying elements of Animal Crossing, which is like, okay, well, Capin's gonna sing his song every time we go to the island, and I can press B to fast forward through it, and he'll be mad at me and sad, and that feels bad. But also, like, can we just get buttons to skip all the dialogue at this point? I just I don't need it. It's unnecessary. It's it's a lot, and it's 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 charming to some degree but in a game where you're doing it so many times every day um it takes a bit too much so 
anyway um, i'm sure i'll be much more positive on it when i actually get to all the stuff i want to do and i start designing different parts of my island there's some great stuff of like i just learned the recipe to make a ladder that's a permanent ladder and so i had my restaurant stage that i needed to have that there so making those and setting that up it's going to be great i'm going to have a, a whole new part of my island it's going to look fantastic i just need to get there uh, and then I'm, I'm also going to check out the the dlc stuff as well which seems great and seems like a fun time i've been seeing a lot of pictures of that on twitter of people um playing that stuff so yeah I'll dig into it more uh, next time on the show um let's talk a bit more about the switch online service because we have got some uh some genesis games that i've been checking out um first things first i want to just uh update you on caveman gate um that has been ongoing since my childhood of trying to find this caveman <laughs> game um, yeah uh, i've been playing prehistoric man on the super nintendo so uh, check that game out it's pretty cool um it's weird it's level based and is a caveman side scroller you have a club that you can you can transform into a frog at some point like your weapon turns from a club okay okay well, let's get to the chase is this the game no it's not the game this is not okay the game. it's not the game right. not the game i don't know if Just i will ever check. find the game um okay uh, but yeah so you've got a club uh you can upgrade that to a frog that you can throw at enemies it's your kind of classic super nintendo side scroller but with a bit of weirdness thrown in of like sometimes you'll go into a level and there'll be an objective that's like find all the four bits and bobs that you need oh, to get to the end collecting Everyone which is a little front those levels were annoying and um you know some of them are like oh you got to scale up the center of a tree and and you know they're different interesting spaces the controls aren't great there's one level where you're like on a kind of unicycle almost it's like we just figured out how to make a wheel use this to jump over a, a gap and stuff like that so there's a level that kind of uses a vehicle in that way and you have to do platforming with it control's not amazing um it's it's interesting but it's like weird and interesting in the way that lots of like middling to average platformers were back in the super nintendo era um and it's not too long uh you know i bashed through it without too much trouble and um yeah enjoyed it for what it was but prehistoric man is definitely not as good i I think i enjoyed joe and mac more joe and mac was more interesting and i think there's another joe and mac game that i haven't played on there so i'll probably check that out too um my goal again to play every caveman game in existence to finally figure out which one i played as a child are you Um, confident that when you do play the one that that you played you will actually know it i think so you but think the, so? the problem okay. is is that like this is the hazy memory of four-year-old me which i know is... that's the problem i'm i'm not entirely convinced you will know for sure when you know that's my worry that's yeah my worry. It, yeah well but you we'll know what there. it won't stop me from trying bally for god's sake so. <laughs> anyway uh prehistoric man check it out it's on the switch online um two other games that i checked out uh the first day the genesis thing dropped i was like here we go castlevania game let's get on it so i played through castlevania bloodlines um this is a game that i watched uh, vinny play through back on giant bomb uh, when he was doing vinnyvania going through all the castlevania games it's one of those ones that when i think back on it is like it's pretty weird and um kind of off the wall in a way that the other castlevania games weren't like the characters that you play out are kind of weird and stocky like the main character john morris has these kind of like massive shoulders and is just like a bit different in terms of size compared to your usual castlevania protagonist but you can also choose from two characters from the start so you can choose from john who's your standard whip um protagonist who just uses a whip there's also eric who um i had never seen a playthrough of before so i decided to play through as eric and eric uses a spear instead of a whip so you can like you still have a good amount of range on it because it's a spear um but the 
difference is, and I, got, I found this out when I got to a point, there are certain parts of the levels where you can only get past them if you have the whip by, like, swinging to them and swinging on a thing, and there was no way for me to get past it as Eric, and I was like, how the fuck do people finish this game as this character? Turns out there's a different move that he can do, where if you duck and crouch, you build up a kind of super jump, and then you can, like, leap with your spear beneath you to give you, like, almost like a pole vault to get you really high, and so before the room that you had to swing on with um, the whip, there's a, a room where you can go upwards. So you take a different route through the game, essentially. So they, they've kind of built a little bit of non-linearity and that depending on which character you are, there are points in the level where you're like, oh, I'm Eric, I have to jump up this place instead of swinging across this place, which is kind of neat and gives it good replay value. You know, back in the day, if people were playing this, it's a you know, it's a short game, like a couple of hours long at maximum. I, I think it probably only took me about an hour and a half going through with save states and rewinds, of course, um, which is obviously a lifesaver when it comes to Castlevania games because a lot of bullshit design in uh, even the more uh, modern ones of those. So I uh, really enjoyed it. I think it's a good fun game. Has a lot of weird boss fights. There's boss fights of like this mechanical being who's like made of gears who like takes himself apart and like rolls it up in a ball and rolls at you. And yeah, there's there's a strange, there's a, a big kind of boss rush at the end that felt like really difficult if i didn't have the save states and all of the rewind features available to me um but yeah there's a simple satisfaction that i continue to have in playing through castlevania games i i obviously i could have played this on the castlevania collection because i already own it on that however neither the contra nor castlevania collections for whatever reason have a rewind function the Mega Man ones do which is great but those ones don't i guess fuck konami right because it's them doing it in both cases but um yeah the rewind feature certainly helped a lot uh in boss fights where you're like oh i accidentally took a hit when i didn't want to let's just go back a little bit and uh yeah enjoyed it quite a bit castlevania bloodlines holds up um probably i would say like middle tier in terms of the series but um a nice castlevania game to, to blast through something about just the atmosphere the music of those games and just the uh the cadence i love so uh enjoyed going through that and then i also when i was on the toilet uh played through a whole game on the toilet um called musha it is a shmup it's like a kind of classic you know top-down vertical shooter where you are a kind of transformer slash like gundam person and you are just like blasting away at enemies and um it does the typical thing where you collect things and your guns get more crazy and ridiculous as you go really fucking hard like this was one where i was rewinding Mm. constantly and like save staying all the time um but a good kind of mindless, you know. So I, I like this type of game when you have those features available to you. If you don't, then it's like a bit of pulling teeth because you're going to get hit like one bullet. And there's like thousands of bullets on the screen at any one time, right? Unless you're... Oh, is it insta-death? Just one Oh, bullet. yeah, one bullet, you're done. And so, well, in terms of number of lives, you maybe have five or six. But then like when you run out of that, that then you get yeah. a number of continues. If you don't get a number of continues, you start from the start of the game again, right? Which I didn't want to do, of course. So, um yeah, it's it's cool. Definitely recommend if you want a, a quick shooter that you just want to blast through. Musha, uh, which stands for something that I can't remember. Something it's an it's an acronym or uh, whatever you want to call that um, for something crazy and long and complicated. Um, but it was it was cool, if very difficult um, and interesting. So yeah, I've I've enjoyed kind of digging into the kind of classic back catalogue here. Uh, again, none of these games like mind blowing or anything, but. For me, there's something about... I just want a simple... I just want to turn my brain off, man. I don't want to... I just want to play something I can finish in a night and, like, turn my brain off and listen to podcasts at the same time. And um, the Genesis uh, collection or the Switch Online is great for that. It's like, pick a thing, man. Here's a fucking just dining table of games you've never heard of and never played before. And, you know, you can just blast through them without a second thought. Um, So, yeah. 
really uh, enjoyed all of those. Uh, so yeah, I'll, I'll probably check in with some more of those. Obviously, we're playing Rystar for next time, but I'm probably going to play Strider and Shinobi 3 in my own time regardless, so I might even talk about those next time on the show. We'll see. Um, Ooh, just burning through them. Just absolutely. That, well, that's the thing, Bally. That, that next batch. Yeah, that, that, that's the thing. You know, when these Genesis games average a length of like two hours, it's it's a, you know it's so easy to just, ch- especially with save states and rewinds, it takes you so much shorter of a time to go that's through true. them. So, you know, it's it's an easy thing to knock out. Um cool uh all right let's close our bally with one more video game that um that apparently took over your life and uh my life this has not happened for you in a while i think of a game coming out and you being like i'm gonna do nothing else but play this video game happened to me with eastwood but this happened to you with uh moon glow bay tell me about moon glow bay uh i was so excited for this game so this game um it's come out on pc series x and xbox one and obviously i'm not talking about it on our nintendo show the reason i wanted to bring it onto this show is that i actually think it's really appropriate for a nintendo audience because it's that kind of stardew valley vibe but also the fact that it's one of my game of the year contenders genuinely like i loved it that much um and initially I was really fighting the game, you know, like, so it's, for those who don't know, it's like a fishing simulator game, um, where you are meeting people in this town and basically the town is very run down and it's on you and your relationship, like your, I won't spoil the story, but, uh, it's on you and like your partner, like your daughter to, to reinvigorate the town by going and getting fish and then that so everyone in the town has a lot of money to spend on the fish that you buy and then you use that you use all the money that you achieve to reinvest back into the town and there's a whole narrative that goes through it as well but it's 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 really cool like that but anyway initially i really had loads of issues with the game because it's very glitchy it wasn't optimized it's not optimized well at all it's just I lost my map, for example. It's like this glitch where your map just v- vanishes until you reach like this certain point in chapter, like in the chapter, which sucks. I've, I and I would have been really stuck with that, like Reddit, for example, where people were like sharing their their issues with the game. Uh, this game was already delayed by like a month or two, so it's a real shame that it's come out with so many glitches because it's kind of really dogged um, a lot of the kind of re- initial reviews, mm-hmm. and I think it could have created more buzz for itself if it had just kind of not come out so glitchy and buggy which is a yeah. shame um i also think it could have maybe come out on switch i think if they if they can fix this game and then release it on switch i really think that's a potential opportunity to to create a few more waves but mm-hmm. um anyway i lost my map um i was getting stuck on all the geometry and that's a that's an issue that kind of per- persisted throughout a lot of the other chapters like whenever you're walking on land a lot of it got stuck um and there's also like a glitch with the first end of chapter pseudo boss you know and like these things just Man, Bally, really uh building up this game of the year chat for this game i know so right? well. that's the thing that's the thing it's like so by the end of chapter one i was like uh i'm i'm liking this a lot but and i i love everything it's going for i'm gonna stick with it and yeah it did have an update after about three days, um, so I did get that update. But and you were you'd be in the game by that point, right? Uh, three I, days I mean, I so there were basically three days the game was out, and all the reviews were coming out with like, "Oh, it's glitchy, it's this, it's that," and I'd played like one or two hours. Yeah, and that was kind of my experience as well because I I've downloaded it on PC. I played probably about forty minutes or so, and um, I didn't have like 
glitches necessarily but i did think that there's some weird stuff of like in the town there's textures that like there's a there's a hole in between there's like blurry shadow textures for no reason on the ground there's seams you can see through the seams of the world and just the camera angle on the town i i just found it really awkward and it just made the game look bad in a way that the trailers yeah don't because i actually kind of like the visual aesthetic i did pull the camera back like you suggested and it helped a ton it also helped with the way the game ran on top of the fact that i could see a wider angle which is weird because like theoretically having more stuff on screen should make it run worse because it's loading in more assets but i don't know why that was the case but um yeah. but yeah given like the character designs were very voxely and look kind of cool i was kind of disappointed with the look like it felt like there wasn't much of a vibe going on with it but that said i enjoyed the fishing and i enjoyed the cooking stuff and i was like well there feels like there's something here it feels like there's there's a loop here that could be yeah. enjoyable and it seems like that caught you yeah it was, i mean the, the art style did grow on me uh but it is that loop of fishing cooking exploring making money and all these things that don't involve kind of exploring on land i also think run better but on top of that i actually think this is one of the strongest gaming loops i've played like since stardew valley it like it, it genuinely completely got me it completely hooked me like i was just i, I mean the fact that you played what 25 hours in like five days or something says quite yeah, a bit it, it, it was insane like it, but it's the way that like it's the combination of learning the town and find the, the link between finding out tales from people in the town and then exploring the world on your boat. It's like this really great thing that I think a game like Stardew Valley just doesn't have in the same way. Like Stardew Valley, the management of your farm is really satisfying and I love that. But the sense of adventure and exploring in Stardew Valley, sure, you've got like the mines and there are other parts of that world, but the world does feel a lot more smaller than it does in Moonglow Bay, where there's a real emphasis on telling tales about the wider world, almost like an open world game, to be honest. And mm. like, imagine going to a bar, I presume, in something like The Witcher, and someone tells you a tale about this monster that lives right. on the hill, and then you go and face the monster on the hill. This game has a lot of the, that, those feelings, and I really love that about the game, combined with this powerful uh, economy and the loop of like getting fish, making money, making, creating meals, upgrading your boat, upgrading this, and that that loop was just so strong. Um, and th- something that helped tremendously with that loop, which I managed to do quite early on in chapter two, I want to say, is like you gain the ability to sleep on your boat. So like before that point you are making day trips on your boat to like go and get fish, come back, go and get fish, come back. By that point that you can then sleep on your boat, you are going much further out. You're getting much more valuable fish. You're going at, you're at sea for days on end. And that feeling of coming back with a massive haul to the town your boat just like fucking dripping just absolutely overloaded yeah and you're like making all this money and you're investing it all and i think the story plays in so well into that idea that you are like becoming this town hero by investing all this thing yeah and the feeling of like going out for this massive haul and being three four days at sea and coming back with all these fish that you would like there's that there's a mechanic like uh, animal crossing where you're donating fish to the museum Mm. but you're not just donating fish to the museum for the sake of it like you're an animal crossing in this game they link that into the story about driving tourism to the city to the town and then you go and invest in the in the train station where the neighboring town there's like a population to to come and visit moon bay and like right. they just do a lot of things and the writing's really strong as well which just supports the whole thing on top of the fact 
the soundtracks by Lena Rain, who obviously did Chicory and Celeste, mm-hmm. and I absolutely love um, her music. Um, I so do think good. this is maybe the weakest of the three, four out of those three games. But I mean, I was I was bopping along. That was one of the things that kept me going. Honestly, the first forty minutes or so, I was like, yeah, there's fucking some tunes yeah, happening here. But I, I say weakest of the three. It's still a stellar soundtrack. It's still so good. Yeah. Like, so the writing, the 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 gaming loop, the the characters, it all came together in a way where. I'd forgotten about all the kind of glitchiness that I'd faced yeah. in the first chapter. And I will, I can't defend that there are glitches and things and janky stuff I faced, especially in one of the chapters later on. I want to say maybe chapter five. Um, but I, I don't care. I just don't care because like the other stuff was so good. Yeah. No, I totally get that. I, I, I 100% understand where you're coming from, right? Like there are, there are games like that where you just fall into it like i think bloodstained is a great example of this for me where i'm like yeah i totally understand all your criticisms with the game and all these things don't give a shit love the hell out of it right like absolutely loved everything going on um and that happens sometimes right where you will find something that people will have all these problems with and you'll be like no don't care about any of them just love this for what it is right um yeah and it does that great thing where a little bit like a spirit fairer it you've got this kind of economics system gaming loop where you're going and getting things turning it into materials or meals in this case making the money but there's also like this chaptered story throughout i think this game does a better job of yes the wider story is very important but if you just want to keep doing that gaming loop you can keep going and you can technically do that in a game like spirit fair i guess but Stardew probably is a better example, I guess, of of doing that type of thing, right? Like, just because I think the story is a bit lighter in Stardew, it's more optional, I guess, but you can just endlessly have your farm continue to grow and grow for years and years on end. Yeah, what I'm trying to say is I think this game has the best balance of if you just want to do the simmy stuff and do that gaming loop over and over and over and over again, you can do that. Yeah. You really want to enjoy the story and then end the gaming loop when that story ends you can also do that and i think the game does a really good job good job of marrying the two Mm. but you are constantly in need of money and resources that link into the story so that if you're doing tons and tons of fishing it's not for the sake of it it is impacting the story you still need to go and do a ton of fishing to progress the story and it wasn't like i kind of I didn't fully break the economy at any point. Sure, there are points where I had way too much money and I just fed into the story in a really good way. I think they've Mm. absolutely nailed the pricing and economy of the game, which I think is so important in these kind of games. And yeah, I I was absolutely blown away by this game. Like I I can't emphasize if you want that Stardew Valley, it's scratched, but in a different way, that's a bit more exploration based that I think that's just a, a different sense of production with the fact that it is these voxel characters and the soundtrack mm-hmm. and i felt very emotional like by the end cutscene and like the final um, game things happening i felt very emotional i don't think i felt that emotional about stardew valley even though i love that game probably more yeah. than this game like i still yeah, think I, I will say the writing even off the bat is really good and like it's a kind of almost tragic setup right like and, yeah. and i think it's um it's effective in in what it has to say and so far uh yeah i think it's pretty cool so it's, it's great to hear that it, it pays off in the end yeah it, this game where stardew valley is like your farm that you are is your domain and you go out and explore the town and then come back the fact that your domain in this game is kind of like your boat and the bay like moonglow bay the little town mm. they become so familiar and you get that sense of like you get the sense of the culture of the little area and the the writing 
builds on that with the little tales it's like a pub a bar that you can go to and people are telling you tales about oh i saw this fish one day years back and it was at this particular point mm. and the system for, it's got like a like stardew valley or any other game similar it's got like a emissions system where you can see all the things and put labels yeah on mini lots of stuff. mini quests that you can go mini on quests and, and it all it tracks all that stuff really well you also have like an encyclopedia or like a fisherpedia right where you can right, go and right. check like all the different types of fish and if you've caught it yeah. or not and, that's and you've got all these different um cooking things i should also say the cooking's really fun like i i never got do sick they, do they change of, up like, the mini game much in terms of different meals you're making because i i was enjoying it and i was like oh i could see this getting a bit too much if you're doing this again and again too many times it does and you maybe doesn't do it as enough as much as i would like however you do you start the game being able to make four things at once and then mm-hmm. you can upgrade to making 20 things at once oh wow so like, okay within one mini game so like big it, jump yeah that kind of helps all that become a lot more seamless and you can really make a lot of money very quickly sounds like uh, animal crossing could take some uh, lessons from this game in terms of batch making things at yes, a single time. Yeah. <laughs> i will say on the batch making thing however you, you to select lots of things you have to press it like every single time oh, it's okay. not like a it's not got like any skip option or going back one you know to yeah, go from zero you. to 99 you can't do that so mm-hmm. but these are things i i do believe this team will update on small stuff like that um sounds because, like yeah. once all these patches have gone through and everything is kind of spick and span that's the ideal place to play it you know if they could iron out everything and maybe like have another big marketing boost if there was some sort of switch launch next year or the year after like this game could be it's only sitting on like a 72 on open critic and mm-hmm. for all the faults that it had on launch that is unfairly in my view that is a fair score unfortunately like yeah it, you can't launch a game this buggy and expect to get a good meta score but like yeah. if they could you know get it all sorted get it on switch i genuinely think like a stardew valley audience this is a f- phenomenal game um and definitely a game of the year contender for me like i'm Damn. i'm could not be happy and yeah i i can't remember the last time i beat like a 25 hour game in five days four days like my weekend was like more moon glow bay than it was anything else that alone says a lot about how you feel about the game right like the fact that you dedicated that much time in that dense a period uh is i think it speaks volumes yeah, right? <laughs> so. yeah. and it's that thing of sure you come into the bay you drop off your fish at the museum you go do your haul you start doing all your meals you sell all your meals and you're like, oh, I've got this mission. I could go out again. I'll, and then you, you're, you're, you're lining up different missions within one sailing voyage. Right, It's just yeah. so satisfying. Just go out and you, you tick the boxes. You go, all right, I'm going to sail to that bit. I'm going to sail. Now I'm going to sail to that bit. And and the map just expands in some really unexpected, fun, interesting ways. And like, this game isn't all what, it's, what it says on the tin. There's more to it than in terms of like its locations and what this game's vibes are going for than you might expect at first and that it takes a while to get there but like this game's got some cool secrets that i think um paid off for a really impactful story so yeah i I couldn't recommend it highly enough when it's fixed um when it's fixed yeah (laughs) yeah i will say it is fixed to a point where my biggest issues have been fixed but there are still there is still just a bit of junk. If you don't like a little bit of yeah. junk, then definitely wait. But it's it's if you can put up with a bit of junk, I do think the gaming looks powerful enough that this is worth checking out. 
yeah for sure um i i want to go back to it i do want to check it out a bit more um i think the idea that it's not like a 50 hour game helps as well like you're like okay yeah you can probably do the main story in about 20 or so yeah um, which um which is good i think i was that, actually that... very ready to finish the game when i got to that point okay, I, I wasn't cool. craving this kind of i need to go and collect every fish and there yeah. will be some people who definitely will want to do that oh, and for sure. every single yes. meal um but i was like hey I've, I've seen what i want to see and i loved it for that awesome very very cool um well yeah we'll uh, hope that comes to switch in the future but um sounds like it's uh, something people should uh, be keeping an eye out for uh, and uh, checking out if they can um we are going to take a break having talked about every video game apparently uh, and we'll come back after that with some of your emails so don't go anywhere we will be right back and welcome back to the second and final segment of today's show it is time for your emails we have a decent few to get through um yeah you know we're still working through our list we put out a big call a little while ago and people really sent over a ton of emails and questions and comments so hugely appreciate uh, everyone for that but if you would like to send in an email please email this nintendo life at gmail.com that is this nintendo life at gmail.com or you can leave a comment a question in our emails thread channel i should say on our discord server there's a big old growing community over there so check that out our first email this week is from brett who is from minnesota in the united states says hey guys i've recently found myself getting really into rhythm games as an adult i'm finding it harder and harder to play open world or difficult games during the week and have found rhythm games to be the one genre that i can pick up after a long work day to relax my favourites right now are Sinara Wild Hearts, not really rhythm genre, but every level is tied to a song, uh, and Avicii Invector. I see there is other there are other rhythm games being released for the Switch, like Rhythm Fighter and Crypt of the Necrodancer. Can you recommend some non-guitar hero-based rhythm games, and are we going to see a rhythm heaven for Switch? Thanks, Brett. Thanks, Brett. Um, I uh, I think rhythm games are definitely something that's close to both of us in certain ways. Uh, I definitely have one of my most vivid gaming memories of all time is uh, sitting in Bally's bedroom and watching him play <laughs> Guitar Hero 3 for the first time and being in awe of like, oh my god, how do your fingers move that fast? And keep in mind, he's playing medium, by the way. <laughs> this is on medium difficulty and I was like, Jesus, dude, that's crazy. Um, and obviously then I got into Guitar Hero to the point where I taught myself guitar and now i own like three different guitars and a bass and and all that sort of stuff this was after we'd gotten quite into donkey konga back 
before yeah the true game. yeah if, if we want to yeah. go back to the origins of rhythm gaming with us probably donkey konga probably the first one yeah yeah i think so um i'm, I'm not sure if there was anything before that right like mm. there wasn't really n64 rhythm game you played or like there wasn't anything on the handhelds right they tried to do that guitar hero handheld game for ds i remember that had the add-on that you put into the yeah, gba really slot weird. and like had four buttons on it it was it's super strange on the on the touch screen. on the touch screen yeah exactly like right. what a wild uh thing i would love to own that one day absolutely would love to check out the weird guitar hero ds game that um was a big deal but uh but yeah i think we're talking about like more non-guitar hero stuff uh that brett mentions here and um obviously we're both now very big fans of the rhythm rhythm heaven series uh having played mega mix and um yeah i was looking up how many rhythm heaven entries there have been and um so the original one actually came out on gba and it was only in japan so that one never came out here though i believe some of the games from it migrated over to the ds version um when that was released because that was the first kind of international release um there was also there's also an arcade rhythm heaven game which i'm not sure if that still exists in japan and i'm not sure if you ever came across it when you were there bally but um i i think that because there's only been three of them um there's the ds the wii and obviously mega mix and the gba one if you want to count that um it is one of those underrepresented nintendo series and uh Mm. i i would love to see it come back um but i don't know do you think it's gonna make a return on switch bally probably at some point i think most of the sort of series that we've been clamoring for will you know make it onto the switch at some point in its life cycle like we've already seen like a lot of games you know advanced wars is on its way like there's a lot of games that people you know we haven't seen those games in a long time with stuff like warrior Wear as well like i think that you know everything can be successful on switch and for that reason even if rhythm heaven isn't quite as popular in the west as it is in japan that doesn't mean to say it's still not going to come to the switch in the west and i think you know yeah there's still time in the switch life cycle for sure where I think we could see it. I hope so. And I think, um, obviously, the fact that WarioWare Gold and Rhythm Heaven Megamix came out on 3DS said to us, like, oh, Nintendo haven't forgotten about these types of games. And the fact that WarioWare has now come to Switch makes me think, ooh, I wonder if the team who worked on that are now going to work on a Rhythm Heaven. Like, does does that make sense? Is that something that they're going to do? Obviously, Rhythm Heaven probably sells a lot less than WarioWare just because lack of recognition, lack of kind of brand awareness. Um, but, you know, that didn't stop Nintendo porting fucking Miitopia over. So <laughs> anything can be possible uh so i i do really hope that happens and um and uh, yeah I, I think that series is just really really fucking good so they should do something with it especially because like when you think about the bases that nintendo hits in terms of genre rhythm games like that's that's their thing for rhythm games there's not really mm. any other game they have in their stable that hits that genre so and, and it's a weird one but it's one of the best uh if i'm honest you know when yeah. it comes down to yeah. rhythm games so um are there any Bally uh, rhythm games that you have played and enjoyed uh, that are on Switch or that you have played in the past yeah. that you think are, are good games to check out? I've honestly not played a ton, and yeah, Guitar Hero and you know Rock Band takes up a large number of the ones I've played. But uh, Rhythm Thief and the Emperor's Treasure was something that we got free on 3DS as part of that um, like humble bundle thing, right? Yes, you and, say uh, free. I guess we did pay for all those games, for, yeah. but like it was very cheap, was very uh, cheap. overall. Yeah. Um, I enjoyed that game quite a bit. I think uh, Rhythm. I've played Rhythm Paradise Megamix after that, and it just completely usurped it as like the best rhythm game on that system. So it's still mm-hmm. worth going to though if you are into rhythm games. Rhythm Thief. I think it was fun, and it's got like this kind of latent style 
world and dialogue and kind of story that you follow along and it's kind of cool it's a very strange game but um I, i'd recommend it and i've also tried when i was in japan i keep forgetting the name of it but oh taiko no tatsujin the yes, drum, drum exactly. master um yeah. i tried that with caroline in an arcade when we were in hiroshima actually and oh nice um yeah it was cool we just tried it once um, it was really hard and definitely felt a lot more similar to like a donkey Konga, obviously um but uh yeah that was cool i think yeah you can get that here just yes. in the japanese store and i believe it connects to like some plastic drum kit if you have it there is a drum kit so i believe the drum kit is a japan exclusive i want to say so if you want to get it with the actual drums you might have to import that version of the game because i don't believe maybe in europe they did it i know i heard that james jones on on rfn he got Mm. it with the drum part and i can't remember where that came from but yes i believe the version on switch the taiko no tatsujin is available with that physical um version but i believe you can play it without it with controller and it, i think it's probably okay but it's probably if you want to get the full rhythm experience it's like donkey Konga, right like you don't really want to play that without bongos uh even though you probably could do quite easily um it just loses a bit of what uh the identity of, of the game is and i think because that game is built around it so much um it makes sense that you'd want to go after that yeah. so yeah um yeah. that's definitely a series i want to check out and obviously is on switch um obviously you mentioned crypt of the necrodancer and both of us have played cadence of hyrule which yeah. i'm sure if brett if you haven't checked that out then like yeah of course that's a that's a great game to to check out if you are a fan of crypt of the necrodancer because it's basically the same game except with a legend of zelda skin um mm. and uh and some great fucking music uh from that series yeah i think i enjoyed the music more than the gameplay with that game i agree but, but yeah. um it, it, it's worth checking out especially the gerudo uh theme that's always been my favorite song from ocarina of time is like the gerudo um the valley theme i believe it is Mm. um and and that version slaps it is so so good uh there's some real good uh remixes actually um what's his name from youtube um the guy who we watch who does guitar covers i believe he uh family jewels family jewels yes i believe he contributed music to that soundtrack which is awesome it's such a such a cool thing that they were able to do and it's still kind of wild to me that nintendo went to this indie developer and were like hey here's one of our biggest ip make a version of your game with it and i was like yeah it's it's they haven't done something like that since and we've always speculated of like what what could they do uh with other indie developers and you know i guess they're doing the a different thing now of like next level uh not next level um fucking way forward are working on advance wars but they're just making a straight ahead remake of advance wars they're not like making a i don't know um dancing game with advanced yeah, wars yeah. right like it's it's not the same thing but, we um, mustn't forget that ring fit adventure also has like a breath of the wild and mario odyssey rhythm game that i think i've heard decent things about but it's a very i random totally edition. forgot that existed yeah. <laughs> so, really yes. i mean we, we definitely need to get get to ring fit adventure for sure yeah i'd love to yeah. try that out when when we wanted to get to that game yeah, you could you could argue that's almost a rhythm game exercises rhythm in a way yeah. right <laughs> to yeah. some degree uh, we um, fit definitely had like rhythm style stuff to it with like the step count not there's like a i don't know what you call it but it's like it was like an aerobic thing where you go step on step off kind of thing and it felt a bit guitar hero-ish at times definitely had a bit of that vibe to it yeah. yeah um i so this i don't believe these are on the switch yet they should put them on there um but i recently picked up the final fantasy theater rhythm game on 3ds which is a rhythm game that has music from the entire final fantasy series i think i got curtain call which was the sequel which had all the stuff from the first game but then even more uh, tracks as well and i'm kind of waiting to play that until i've played 
more of the mainline Final Fantasy games. I definitely want to finish Final Fantasy 9, um, 12, and probably 8, I think, and maybe go back to 4 and, and, and stuff like that. I would, I would like to play a few more Final Fantasy games before I play that rhythm game, just so that when I go into it, I'm like, oh, I know all these songs now, and I have, like, because I think the part of the fun of that is knowing the franchise and knowing the musical history of the franchise, so, like, I would like to play through the rest of the games um, before I go and play that. But I did pick that up cheap because it um, obviously we kind of don't know when the 3DS eShop is going to go away. So uh, I'm, uh, you know, whenever there are sales happening on 3DS, I'm trying to pick stuff up, snap it up before it disappears. Because obviously physical versions of those games go for quite expensive amounts uh, at this point in time and continue to rise in price. So I just want to be careful about those. Mm-hmm. Um um, some good ones that are on Switch, though, that I would like to recommend. Um, Thumper is a really good game oh, that um, I enjoyed quite a lot. It is, in some ways, it is definitely a rhythm game, but it's also like, man, you need to have reflexes, like razor-sharp reflexes for Thumper because of the speed that that beetle races down that highway is just ridiculous the end of that game has sections that are just like your eyes will be bleeding like you'll look away from the screen and the wall will just be warping at like this light speed towards your eyes and it's like it will definitely fuck you up very keen to play that in vr next year at some point i meant to do it this year you know everything everything did they give that away during the sony psvr three thing that they did they did so okay like three vr games that i was just given um yeah one was like paper beast thumper mm-hmm. and the third one was res infinite so yeah okay cool out. yeah res almost a music game mm. in some senses as well more visual uh kind of stimulus but yeah that that seems really cool um but yeah thumper is on switch i've heard good things about that version and um i uh i think it's a wild time um i played it quite early uh in the year i think it was last year and it didn't make it onto my top games list but um i i it would have been like number 12 or 11 like it was really close to getting in there uh really really enjoyed that um and yeah definitely be ready before you play it because it will just be like oh shit this is i need to be paying attention and not doing any literally anything else with my brain or my eyes when i'm playing thumper because it's uh it's an intense you also forgot to mention that you were a dance mat owner back in the day on your ps1 right well yes yeah of course i mean it's my sister's technically okay, um technically, this yeah, was yeah. back when she like pseudo played video games even though she never really did <laughs> um but yeah it was the dance Dance revolution i have played in the past and uh, enjoyed i don't believe there is a dance dance revolution style game on modern platforms with like dance mats that you can Mm. buy maybe i'm wrong about that i think just dance has kind of usurped it with its kind of ease of play with the phone connection and stuff like that obviously just dance is all over the place and i don't know if that really is what brett is looking for here when it comes down to rhythm games i think we're more talking about more traditional like actual console video games that are not like getting up and moving around (laughs) um because you know we gamers we don't move we just sit on our asses um as pikmin bloom is continues to tell me uh, i'm sitting on my ass too much i've got to get out of there and and walk uh, some more so um yes uh that's that's definitely uh interesting one uh there there are definitely some cool ones that got a bit of love early on in the switch's life cycle voez i remember being one that a lot of people were talking about it was one of the earliest switch games that was touchscreen exclusive you could only play it on the touchscreen which was a weird thing um and also just shapes and beats was one of those early indie games that got um a lot of play uh when the switch first came out it's one that i do want to go back to at some point and 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 play that and see what it's like but um I think actually a weird one that I want to shout out uh, that you can get, I think, all the games on Switch now is the Bitrip Runner series, Mm. which I would classify almost as rhythm games, even if they are 
also platformers, right? They are kind of endless runner, side-scrolling platformers, but those games are built to a rhythm and a beat so that you are able to, like, play them alongside the music, if you know what I mean. Yes, um, yeah. So If you learned the the route, you could play it with your eyes closed based on the beat, for sure. Prob- well, it'd probably be a bit more difficult just oh, because of the yeah, number of, course, of different of inputs. Um, but yeah, it's it, yeah. you could yeah you could probably do that. I um I really love the second game. That's probably the one that I played the most. Uh, I think its official title is uh, Bitrip Presents Runner Two: Future Legend of Rhythm Alien, as Charles Martinet says when you get to the title screen of that game. Mm. Um, and yeah, it makes it hard to look it up because I was looking at I was like Bitrip Runner Two, and it doesn't bring anything up. But then you realize it was called Runner Two, and it's like why. Yeah. <laughs> It's like the Fast and the Furious. You're fucking changing the conventions of the naming uh, scheme of your franchise. Um, really, really weird. But um, and that third game just didn't quite make the same impact. It was still a very good no. game, but you know. Yeah, just, I like Bitrate yeah. Runner Three. I think it's good. I think Two is the best one. So if you're going to play one, play Runner Two. Um, that would be my recommendation. But the first game also very cool. That one's far more like stripped back. It's more. It's a. Uh, it's more of like a pixel art game. Um, there are bonus levels in runner two that are basically what runner one looks like um so it's it's a bit more stripped back and bare bones but yeah runner two is a, a really a really great game that kind of crosses genre i would say between like rhythm and action and platforming and, and stuff like that but mm. yeah very very good and um yeah i think that's that's yeah. pretty much it yeah. there's there's loads of good rhythm games out there there's for me rhythm games are often on my backlog of like oh i want to get to those it's, it's interesting that brett says like they're easy ones to pick up and play and i think that's correct like it's it is really easy to just jump into them but um i feel like when i'm playing a rhythm game it's one of those weird cases where games like that where there's no story and nothing going on like that i usually like to listen to a podcast while i'm playing but a rhythm game you can't do that so so it's like with rhythm heaven especially i was like ah, i do actually have to commit myself wholly to this thing and not do anything else um which is interesting so i think maybe that contributes to why i don't pick them up as easily is because i like multitasking uh, if you didn't realize and watching stuff in the background while i do something and you can't really do that with a rhythm game because otherwise you'll mess up and you won't be able to to play it properly um mm-hmm. but yeah um the the other one is um the one on 3ds that uh game freak made that is um uh, i can't remember it's the boy running along up uh, editing nbz needs to remember and put it in uh, if if i don't then uh, i cannot remember the game you're talking about at all it's it's the one where you it's a side scrolling boy and uh game freak made it anyway I'll, I'll remember it at some point it'll come back to me um yeah thanks for the email brett that was that was cool yeah thank you brett that's that that a good good question um our next email is from cap harmonite harmonite <laughs> sorry <laughs> just get, i just had to blurt it out harmonite uh is the game freak 3ds game there you go our next email is from Capsule J, who is from Georgia in the USA. Dear Mally and MBZ, over the past year, we've seen the launches of two very different types of hardware. On the one hand, we've got the world's most powerful and second most powerful consoles, the Xbox Series X and the PlayStation 5, pushing 4K and high frame rates. On the other, we have the Switch OLED and the Steam Deck, holding it down at 720p with 30 frames per second. In other words, platform holders are simultaneously exerting upward and downward pressure on developers. What do you think this means for the game industry as we get further into this hardware generation? 
Yeah, interesting stuff uh, going on with the old consoles at the moment. Um, Steam Deck, interestingly enough, uh, Capital J, uh, you know, says it's uh, 720p, 30 FPS. Uh, in fact, Steam Deck is kind of pushing for higher frame rates, which is one of the things that makes it interesting to me, right? Like they put out a video the other day, or someone put up a video of Devil May Cry 5 running on that thing, and it was smooth as butter and looked really good. And it's like man uh if if nintendo were able to have this power uh can you imagine uh what we'd be able to do with with switch hardware but um yeah they don't they don't like chasing that stuff generally so yeah it is interesting because i think the steam deck is almost trying to bridge the gap in a way by being this like better than a switch but still not powerful enough to compete with a series x and ps5 and um yeah i, I do think that it's just different markets going in different directions right like i can imagine someone who owns a ps5 buying a steam deck because they fulfill different purposes for those people right you know the the as much as nintendo likes to be like yeah it's a, it's a hybrid console between handheld and and home play i think most people and probably there's some data that nintendo has on this but i think most people probably play the switch in handheld and don't dock it that often um i think it's just a convenience thing it's a like look at the the first iteration they did on the hardware was the switch Lite, which i think tells you everything you need to know um a version of the thing that doesn't even dock in the first place right um probably says a lot uh when it comes to why people are interested in that system um and why people would buy games on it right like is there really a reason if you're a person who plays your switch 100 percent of the time in docked mode to buy oh i don't know um a, like a version of a game like hellblade senua sacrifice right that's on switch and is, is a good version but what's the point in doing that if you only play on your tv and you also have another console that runs it better there is mm. no point so at the end of the day the reason that you buy hellblade on switch is because you can be on a plane and you can play it right that's that's the cool factor and that's why it's interesting so so it is curious because i don't think that there's no competition going on directly i would say and nintendo would always say this nintendo would say we're in competition with nobody we're we're on our own little island um but uh but yeah when it comes down to the the big boy consoles and nintendo and the steam deck um i think all of them are kind of it's interesting i think this is the first generation where every platform is going in totally different directions market-wise despite the fact that like a lot of the games are shared between them it's it's almost like we're back to the gamecube ps2 and xbox back then every system had similar games and but all the systems felt exactly the fucking same mm. we're kind of at this place now where all the systems kind of have the same games but they're all going in wildly different yeah. directions which i think is super interesting i also think it's interesting that here here we are 20 years later and those are still the three biggest um in the, they're the three biggest console manufacturers, the console right? manufacturers still i'm i'm a little surprised that no one has um you know gotten into that market in the same way where there was also obviously yeah like- I, I don't i don't think i am actually given the way that video games and like how hard they are to make right like i think there's this bullheadedness from big tech companies from like amazon and google and facebook and all these places of like ah we we've done all these things we can just go in there and do it and i think it speaks to how hard video games is as a business that they have all bounced off it's really interesting that all three of them have failed very badly and in sort of the last yeah. two three years on those issues it's one of these things where power in video game consoles especially I, I think pc is a different discussion but like i'm not really convinced your average person who buys a ps5 or a series x 
really cares about like visual fidelity and power like Ooh, I'm, i don't know man i don't know i think like that's the reason a lot of people do get into it but like you think of your average person who picks up fifa or cod and you know sure they, they'll think it looks nicer than perhaps their last console but mm. I, i'm not convinced that there's this massive appeal for that extra power for your average fifa fan yeah, I, th- I think things are changing a little bit in some ways of like, with Sony especially, right? They're, because they have these prestige games like The Last of Us and God of War, I do think a lot of those types of people are also being tempted to get consoles because of those types of experiences, right? Like, I mean, if you look at IGN's like top uh, games of all time thing and God of War winning that, I-, I think that speaks to a more mainstream, like slightly engaged gaming audience, right? Like you can imagine someone who owns a PlayStation and follows IGN on Twitter. Yeah, and I still think that audience is a lot more engaged than your average. Like we are talking within like a video game obsessive bubble. And I th- obviously think those people are very into their frame rates and resolutions but I, i'm, I'm not yeah. sure your average gamer is that keen on all those things yeah i i it is it's definitely like important in terms of marketing for these companies to get people interested of i honestly i do think it is one of the more important things is graphics because when you think about like the surface level discussions that people have about video games who don't really understand video games a lot of the things they talk about are like wow the graphics look so good on this game right and i think that actually is a big deal to people even if they don't really understand the nuances and the differences of why something looks better right i think that's how people get interested in in video games in in ways that they might have not been before right Mm. um so yeah i definitely think that it's it important factor when it comes to selling systems um but at the end of the day for like how good games are you know um a a lot of the best games out there don't need uh, anything like the power of those systems to perform well or to uh you know um do anything special because they just rely on interesting game systems right and Mm. and that's the thing that makes them popular right like stardew valley probably the best example of a wildly successful game that you could have put on the super nintendo and would have been at home there and wouldn't have had any issue running probably um Mm. but you know what i mean um yeah so yeah i don't don't know i think um where, where do you think things are going given this current like distinction in the platforms and and everyone going in different directions right like you have nintendo leaning more into the handheld side of things and like iterative hardware and probably continuing to do the switch line i would imagine you got xbox being 100 percent services focused with game pass probably gonna go into the streaming game very hardcore in the future and then you have sony who are like we make the biggest prestige big budget things out there and uh buy our console everything 70 dollars, but you're getting a premium experience quote unquote um do you think them you do you see them all going off and just staying in those lanes or do you think yeah, I mean, there's going to be some mixture and crossover and stuff like they've that? they've been in those lanes for about two to three years now i guess you know sony's been quite on the, the the prestige game train for quite a while and nintendo obviously have been doing all these things focusing on handheld a bit more with the switch since when it launched in 2017 and yeah, I don't think Game Pass is going to is and slowing down in any way. So I would predict that in three, four, five years' time, we'll be in a very similar situation. I do think your what you're saying about Xbox is right. They will go for the whole sort of streaming thing in a bigger way. I feel that especially than Nintendo, obviously. But um, so that could be the thing that changes near the end of this hardware generation. But I think otherwise, 
they've picked their lanes and they're going to stay in their lanes um you know until they are forced from their lane you know and i mm. think that could be quite some time yeah definitely there's i i think that there are ways in which you know maybe one company decides oh let's try and do something similar but will not be as successful and you know i don't see sony doing another handheld for example like as much as people want them to do that i just it it doesn't make sense for them definitely don't think they will i think it doesn't make a lot of sense right now um who knows i mean i i would have said the same argument about psvr 2 and they've still gone for that in a way that i think was a bit earlier than most people were expecting so i think I honestly wouldn't rule out them doing something handheld related. Maybe not in the next two years, but in three, four years' time. I, I think it's interesting uh, if they like monitor how the Steam Deck does and stuff like that. Yeah. But like, interestingly enough, uh, Shuhei Yoshida, PlayStation guy, uh, tweeted out the other day. Uh, he was like, "Oh, I've got my Steam Deck, and here's Horizon Zero Dawn running on it." And I'm like, <laughs> "Well, there you go, right? Like, with Sony putting stuff on PC." by default like the steam deck almost becomes a handheld playstation right like you can then play god of war on there and uncharted and all that stuff and that's that's pretty fucking wild man when you think about it it's like man sony's first party games now on a handheld that can play them properly is uh is fascinating and i think Mm. is definitely something that um you know probably makes them think twice about whether they should do a handheld of their own like if the steam deck becomes popular enough and their games are selling on it then i don't know is is that okay for them um and they just want to focus on all their efforts into one platform Mm. which you know as nintendo have found out probably helps quite a bit because they're no longer splitting their development costs between a handheld platform and a console platform it's all in one and everything comes to it and there's there's no missing out essentially i think that that makes a big difference. I so. also think that handheld technology, all technology generally will get cheaper in two to three years' time. And I think you will right. have the possibility of being able to run 4K 60 frames per second on handheld a bit more easily in, say, three, four years' time where... Especially if DLSS comes into play with NVIDIA's chips and those types of things. Well, definitely. And you can see... You would you might be able to see a parity between uh, God of War 2 running on both um, a handheld and... Uh, playstation 5 you know and i think Mm -hmm. if that becomes an obvious avenue that people are picking up steam decks and you know switch is still going strong i could i could genuinely see sony just being like yeah well we're gonna have our own hardware for that market and try and go for it yeah Uh, i guess the part of the question we haven't really talked about is like what this means for developers um you know industry exerting upwards and downwards pressures on developers as capsule j puts it um yeah how do you feel about more video game delays (laughs) Yeah, I mean, that's just an inevitability, of course. But um, I, I think we're in a place where it's there are definitely like versions of games are being built for certain platforms and then put on other places, right? Like, I think a lot of what we see on Switch is, okay, we made this game for something else and now we have to start stuffing it into this much less powerful piece of hardware. That's a problem and it's hard, but there's money on the table, so we should probably do it, right? And um, I think it's obviously there are, you know, houses out there, porting houses that are very um, well known for doing Switch versions of games and, and that, that type of thing. But I feel like with most developers, the ideal world is to make something that just works across all the platforms in the most easy way possible. And I think honestly, when we're talking about downward, upward and downward pressure, Nintendo are really the only ones holding that back because at the end of the day, the Steam Deck just kind of takes whatever your PC version is and like 
it will just work on it right and like it will settings wise it will be different because it's lower uh, hardware power wise but um for the most part i believe you can just play anything from your steam library on a steam deck and maybe there are some optimization things here and there but it's really much more easy for developers to deal with that than it is to deal with the switch and i think if we're really gonna you know talk about this i think for the most part it's just nintendo holding everybody else back or at least getting people to make worse versions of their games unfortunately i don't think the the other um platform holders have much of an issue with that uh, when it comes down to it and so i think it's really on nintendo to uh to make a more powerful piece of hardware that can uh allow those types of games to continue to exist well we've just had the switch OLED. are you confident that we are going to get a more powerful switch that is not the switch 2 let me put it this way. I was very close to pressing the pre-order button on a Switch OLED uh, after I saw how good it looked. And um, the th- the only thing that held me back was the the feeling that there is something else coming. And also the history of Nintendo, that there's always something else coming when it comes to handhelds, right? They, they iterate on these things like nobody's business. There's always multiple, multiple versions of Nintendo's handheld uh, hardware devices. And it might not be next year but i have a feeling in my gut that there is going to be another switch that isn't a switch to that is more powerful that is just around the corner and i would not be able to live with myself if i had bought a switch oled and then next year it gets announced that a better one is coming and i would have been like i'm you're a fucking idiot why did you do that you were you were baited by the internet and the hype train and um and yeah i i'm I'm perfectly fine with my current Switch, even though the fan keeps making noises and all that stuff. Yeah. I'm okay to deal with it for at least another year. If another year passes and it becomes clear that there isn't going to be another Switch, maybe I get an OLED then. You know, who knows? But at the moment, it doesn't make sense when I feel there's rumblings out there and that feels like something is going to happen. So, um, yeah, I I definitely am on, on the camp of very possible i would give it a 70 percent chance of happening probably i mean they might have every intention of doing the more powerful switch but just can't because of the chip shortage yeah that's that's what a lot of people were saying yeah that's the rumor with like even the oled that it was meant to be you know 4k Mm -hmm. and have a bit more power but doesn't yeah so does not does not um so yeah yeah, at the end of the day um all different boxes uh everyone has to obviously i think with playstation xbox especially it seems like development for those is easier to do in conjunction with each other and just given the architecture from you know the previous generation jumping over to this one basically everything's a pc at this point uh, in terms of those consoles so obviously i mean you know, i'm not a developer i don't have to port games to systems so i don't know how difficult it is but from what i've heard uh it sounds like definitely a lot easier than you know making skyrim for the ps3 for example where they had big fucking issues anything being put on the ps3 was big fucking issues if you weren't called sony essentially so um yeah we're in a better place than that uh at the very least so there you go yeah thank you for your email capsule j is much appreciated and if you at home would like to send us an email please email this nintendo life at gmail.com that is this nintendo life at gmail.com or as i said at the top of the segment post a comment a question in our discord server uh, we've got a channel over there specifically designed for email questions so yeah go on join the community you know you want to it's absolutely it's, it's a great time yeah um and that i believe is going to close out the show for this uh week uh we 
obviously have some people to thank for supporting the show and episodes and all those super things those are our patrons uh, and if you would like to support the show and get some bonus episodes and some extra stuff uh, head on over to patreon.com slash this nintendo life uh, where you can um get some things uh, and bally is going to thank some people including a new patron that we uh, had joined recently yes thank you to our new patron jarhead9555 fantastic name uh thank you very much for your support but thank you also to our ten dollar tier patrons it's hugely appreciated they are zach s atari alex thomas matthew and my wife caroline thank you all for your ten dollar tier support uh and yeah as, as you mentioned mbz we've got a an episode of bonus bits coming out tomorrow and we're actually going to talk a little bit about the new nintendo financials in that bonus bit so yeah. yeah if you want to listen to bonus bits that's on the two dollar tier so you get a little bonus yeah. show after every episode yeah uh, and we also recently did a patreon survey so thank you to everybody who took part in that and we'll be taking a look at that and um you know thinking about some changes that we can make uh, for that uh that thing um uh, obviously we are going to be doing a backlog club next time as we talked about at the start of the show um thank you everyone of course for voting in that and if you're a patron you can obviously vote in backlog clubs uh, and we had our three genesis games to vote between um shout out to rice star which is going to be the game that we are playing on the sega genesis switch online service um looks cool definitely was the one i expected to win given that it's um kind of cuddly and fun and nintendo like uh, mascot platformer um so yeah really interested to dig into rice star and see uh, how that goes uh the game is really really short um all, all the games that we chose were like kind of two hours or less so uh if you do want to play along which hopefully if you got the nintendo uh, expansion pack with a c um then uh, you should have access to the genesis online system and uh, yeah we'd love to see some participation and writing in you can obviously be on our discord there we have a thread for uh, the backlog club stuff and yeah we'll be looking for comments from people about Rystar, and we'll be chatting about it next time on the show uh, and yeah as i said because it's quite short hopefully people are able to play through it you've got two weeks to do so um and that should be enough time to uh, to put a couple hours into this little game and uh, bali and i will have a, a nice big chat about it when it comes to it so i look forward to that uh, obviously you can find us in various places on the internet you can find us on twitter i'm at lord nbz where can they find you bally i'm on twitter at ballyman91 at b-a-l-l-y-m-a-n-9-1 that's also my name on on pikmin bloom if you want to follow me on there yes yeah i was gonna say i was listening back to an old episode recently and i forgot that we used to say uh, oh that's also my name on the meverse at the end of the episodes r.i.p the meverse shout out we used to plug ourselves on the meverse every time on this show which i completely forgot is what we did uh so yeah i i thought you were about to do that because you were saying it in the exact same way that you did back in the day you could also add me on the meverse uh so yeah if you do want to add us on the meverse i think that's also um, my name on like playstation and xbox if you want to follow me on there so you can yeah go yeah that. yeah bali has universal branding which is always a good, good idea it. um yeah uh fantastic you can also find the podcast twitter which is at tnl podcast and uh, yeah we post uh, updates about when the show is up and um polls and certain other things over there so uh be sure to head there uh, and you'll get links to our youtube channel as well and our discord uh, via our twitter has um, been posting some selective video clips from streams on on the uh-huh the, the... yes i do like doing that right we uh obviously we did and we talked about in the first segment our n64 stream but um you know had to uh post me beating bali and mario kart that was very important that the world saw that so uh yeah you can see that over on 
the Twitter feed. Um, obviously, you can find the show in various places. We're on Spotify, we're on Stitcher. We are all over your pod catching apps. If you search for This Nintendo Life, you should find us and you can then subscribe and download and uh, review us and all those good things. Um, the more people that review us, the more people that find out the show uh, exists and uh, might enjoy it and uh, then join the community and uh, be a part of this fun thing we have going on. So appreciate all people uh, doing reviews and things like that out in the world. Um, and I think that's pretty much it. I think uh, we uh, have got to the end here, Bally. End of the end of the road, end of the show. Uh, looking forward to doing one more Backlog Club next week uh, before our Game of the Year game stuff kicks into year. gear. Um, it's happening. Have you started getting your list in order yet, Bally, for what you're going to be? I have. I'm just kind of like writing out a bit, but I'm, I, I know I've got a good three or four games to play before the end of the year that arguably all four of them could potentially be in that top 10 list so they could just throw everything off uh balance you know it's looking messy it's looking messy like i I think my number 11 game this year will be the best number 11 i've ever had on a list by some way so you know i think that this this year and we'll get there but like it's been really consistently quite good yeah absolutely uh this is the most games i've played in a single year in my life uh so yeah um so it's a lot of lot of good stuff and uh, we will be talking about it of course and uh, we hope you will join us for that um but yeah we'll uh, we'll get there when we get there and uh we'll uh, see you very soon thanks everyone for listening and um we'll talk to you next time bye-bye folks interlude used on today's show was the unpacking theme from unpacking copyright witchbeam 2021